0: Hello! You're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. Excited to record another episode with you. It's it's fun to sneak in a non-spoiler episode (laughs) in amongst the, the, the endless barrage of exciting cards.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we should do a similar episode. Do you remember the episode we did all about distribution model and looking it through the lens of the player, the designer, but also the content creator? We should do a similar episode on preview season and look at it through the eyes of the player, the designer, and then the content creators who are noses to the grindstone, getting out all these previews, trying to do interesting things with them. There's been so much invention and cool ideas that people have been doing. It's really. I,
1: as I was saying earlier, it's like the Wild West. Everyone's spoiling a card in a different way. Like, yeah, yeah. Tune in tomorrow, and this podcast will unleash a herd of pigeons. Each has an individual letter from one of the cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think
1: what's fun is that. So we do talk to the content creators. Yeah. You've put together basically a full schedule of when all of the cards are being teased. Just an impressive bit of work, Frank, and also very useful. But we don't know what cards are being announced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, outside of the cards we're announcing, we're as in the dark as everyone else. And it's yeah. quite exciting for us to kind of be part of that same hype. Um, typically, like, one or the other of us who stayed up later messages the other one in the middle of the night yeah. with what card has been spoiled by... And so a link whatever. to the video or whatever it is. Yeah,
0: look at this. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: And then we can wake up and... and chat about it together but yeah it's um it's it's exciting to be able to experience that as as players of the game as well
0: yes yeah i i mean we've not we've not even tried to have it any other way and i don't think i'd want it any other way i'm not interested in seeing everyone's previews particularly if content creators are putting all this effort into them Mm. like i'd much rather see the grand reveal and see the effort that they've put in than be like oh i need to know your card as soon as you have it yeah not interested in that much rather see the kind of the finished product, the effort. Anyway, we're not doing a spoiler episode today. Sorry if that feels like we're setting that up. We're not. We're taking a break from looking at one card and we're going to zoom out and do an investigator-specific episode.
1: Yes, yes. Some of our favourite episodes.
0: Mm, Yes, and listeners' favourite episodes as well. Who are
1: we going to look at today, Frank?
0: We're going to dive in. Maybe I will have added some beautiful violin music as our intro music yeah. for this one because we're looking at Patrice Hathaway, the violinist.
1: Do you, we want to jump straight in and look at her card?
0: Yeah. Is that how we normally do it? this? Yeah, <laughs> like
1: maybe. forty of these episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're like, how does it work? <laughs> yeah.
1: Should, should I read? Uh, no, I don't to read. Right, yeah. bro. Okay, we have Patrice Hathaway, the violinist. She has four willpower, two intellect, two combat, and two agility. She has the Performer and Cursed traits. Your maximum hand size is reduced by three. During each upkeep phase, instead of drawing one card, discard all non-weakness cards in your hand and draw until you have five cards in hand. Elder Sign effect, plus one. After this test ends, you may shuffle all but one card from your discard pile into your deck. She has seven health and seven sanity. Okay. So, weird style line, right? So, what's that? Eight? No, ten Ten. total stat?
0: Instead of twelve, yeah.
1: Yeah. A decent sized combined health and sanity pool. Seven-seven is is fine. But, yeah. But she's missing two stats. She's missing two stat points. Why is that, Frank?
0: Mmm, it's a very strange one, isn't it? With a four and two twos, you'd be expecting another four somewhere. Mm. But no.
1: Or a couple of threes, maybe.
0: Or a couple of threes, yeah. But no, why is that? Normally reduced stats are because the investigator's ability is particularly strong.
1: Or unusual. Or, or unusual, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so we go to, you know, your your Calvins, your Prestons, your Charlie Canes, where you're looking at that ability very carefully and hoping to see, like, how does this make up for a deficiency in stat? And I suppose just... Straight up on the f- on the face of it, one way you could make up for that stat is because your hand replenishes to five cards every single turn, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have some cards to spare to commit. <laughs> yes, maybe. That may well be the case. <laughs> that could be the way where you're just going to make up for some of your stats. I mean, sometimes you might just want to play three assets, and that means the other two cards are, are wasted, in air quotes, because they're going to discard and you're going to f- draw five more. But in theory, some of those cards in your hand are going to be committed to tests and that might be a way of building your stat up. If you got anything else you wanted to add on the stats, what do you... Well, I mean,
1: the other thing is that we'll, we'll check her card pool, but the high willpower and the low other stats indicate to me that maybe some sort of mystic card pool would be useful. Mm. Something where she can replace tests on other stats with her willpower. Mm. But I yeah. think... Decent willpower and lower the stats in Survivor is not necessarily a downside. There's ways of twisting that to our advantage as well.
0: Yes. Using
1: some fail by X tech or something like that. We
0: have a Survivor who actually has a very similar stat line to this, which is Ashkan Pete, who's a 4-2-2-3. Yeah. And of course, Ashkan has a a built-in way with Duke to change his intellect in combat. Dog, but also, yes. yeah, you can also do things with his willpower and lean into that if you want to. That's a quite um, interesting angle to take him. Or exactly as you say, failure tech is a thing. And if you're going to try and fail tests, in a way you don't care too much if your stats are high or low. <laughs> Maybe that- you prefer them low so you don't accidentally pass. This is part of why I'd say we've both enjoyed having Stella Clark be a clue getter. Yeah, Because she has two intellects, so you can really trigger, like, lean into those fail effects and not accidentally pass tests, which is, yeah, it's one of the things you might want to do. Right, shall we flip her over then and see a bit more about Patrice?
1: Yeah, I, I really want to talk about her ability, but should we do that after we've read the back of her card? Just so we we'll start talking about cards with some, what cards she can include. And yeah. there's also something else key on the back of her card, which ties into this as well.
0: So her deck size is 42 cards that's rather than the usual 30. <laughs> her deck building options are Survivor 0 to 5, Mystic 0 to 2, so she's the inverse Agnes, and Neutral 0 to 5. And she her deck building requirements are Patrice's violin, Watcher from another dimension, and one random basic weakness. The other thing I just want to mention here in in terms of her story is it points out that sometimes when she plays the violin she can sense some alien intelligence at the edge of her awareness. Mm -hmm. And this is reminding me of Amina Zidane, who hears on the airwaves strange things that she's not quite sure where they come from. And she also has the curse trait. Oh, interesting. I wonder if we're seeing gently the curse trait develop as a. these are investigators who maybe are in touch with the mythos, but don't quite know why. Yeah. or both of them have mystic access, we're assuming. We don't at the time of recording know Amina's deck building, but she is a mystic investigator in terms of colour on her card. So, yeah, I just I just thought I'd point that out, that idea of uh, a sort of an angle for for the mystic faction to be developed would be, I guess, they're sort of mythos-sensitive investigators. Yeah. Do we
1: know what Amina's weakness is?
0: It's that one that... Um, Puts a doom on, takes a doom off one of your cards, puts it straight on the agenda. Oof. It's a little bit like Dark Memory. I can't remember its name off the top of my head. Right, But okay. it's, it acts a little bit like an Ancient Evils. So if you have a doom in play, you move it straight onto the agenda. This can cause the agenda to advance. And if you don't have a doom in play, you shuffle it back into your deck. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's just a kind of nasty. Nasty Doom weakness. (laughs) Yeah, you messed up. And a a good thing for Amina to have if you're going to be manipulating Doom. If you're in a scenario where there's no ancient evils and you think, ha ha ha, I know exactly where I stand. You've always got to have that threat lurking in your own deck of, no, you don't. You were one closer than you thought you were.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, the bit I think you were more excited about here is the deck size of 42.
1: Well, it's certainly interesting, isn't it? The Mm -hmm. general rule is that smaller deck, the better. But what we've got here, 42 plus the the Violin, the Watcher, and a random basic weakness to take us to 45.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: Which is starting hand, five cards, and mm-hmm. then a whole deck that leaves us with 40 cards, starts eight turns. So she yeah. sees a whole deck in eight turns.
0: Yeah. If you can- Pair that to the classic 33, and you're getting one card a turn. 30,
1: 30 turns. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Just under, because you've started with five. Yes, yeah. 28 turns.
1: Yeah, 28 turns. So, yeah, it, it's, you can almost guarantee that you're going to see a card at some point during the game. Yeah. You only get it for one turn per copy of your card, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you have some other way of, of keeping it in your hand. Mm. That's interesting in itself. Can we flip it back over and talk more about her ability?
0: Yes, please do. Because yeah.
1: really, this is where this is her. It's an absolute powerhouse ability, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. One of the strongest abilities in the game, and also someone like Calvin, it totally changes, really changes how you interact
0: with the game mm-hmm. and how you look at the cards in your hand. It leans into Survivor being the class where every investigator is completely idiosyncratic. You can't put two survivors next to each other and say, oh yeah, they're kind of similar. I mean, you could, but particularly with someone like Calvin or someone like Patrice, there's no one else really like Patrice.
1: The thing they have in common is that they have nothing in common.
0: Yes, there you go. You summed it up nicely. So the maximum hand size is reduced by three. So she, her hand size is five rather than eight, mm-hmm. which is useful because then the next ability is your drawing one card step in upkeep has been replaced by draw until you have five cards in hand.
1: So draw up to five cards, basically?
0: Yes. There is an FAQ question on Patrice. Okay. Which is, do you draw the cards one at a time until you hit five cards? Or do you draw all five? And the answer is that anytime you draw one or more cards, the card draw occurs simultaneously unless the effect uses the phrase one at a time. then once all of your cards have been drawn, you must resolve all Revelation abilities on those cards in an order of your choosing.
1: Why does that
0: matter? So that matters if she has the weakness Amnesia, Mm -hmm. because she would draw five cards, one of which is Amnesia, and then discard all but one card in her hand. So she'd start the next turn with just a single card. That's That's no fun. It's not that it cares about where in the order it's not you draw one card not amnesia you draw two not amnesia ah the third card is amnesia that means i'm going to end up with three cards in hand you draw all five essentially at the same time okay which is really mean
1: yes but it's only going to hit you for one turn yes And then you are back up to five cards i guess the the what immediately jumps out when you look at patrice is there's several key ways that she can exploit this Mm-hmm. What we we've got five cards a turn, and we need to basically use all those cards productively every turn. Mm-hmm. this yep. really digs into one of the themes I like about Arkham, which is that cards have two purposes in your hand, and thinking carefully about when you are actually going to get a chance to use a card, versus what benefit could it provide being committed to a test, is one of the, mm. the key kind of early learning points you've got in the game. On and off I play Marvel Champs with a friend, mm. and this is basically how Marvel Champs works so in this Marvel ability. champs you yeah you you draw up to your maximum hand size every turn. You can keep cards in your hand, but I would say the best way to play Marvel Champs is to not do that <laughs> and try and yeah. draw a new card a new handful of cards every turn, or at least use every card in your hand productively every turn in Marvel mm. Champs, every card is like one resource that you can put towards playing another card. Mm-hmm. So something like a four-cost card is really difficult to play because it needs four other cards from your hand to be discarded. That might be your whole hand for a turn.
0: Yes, you get a single play that turn, which is one four-cost card. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it really forces you to think about what is vital in my hand that I need to play this turn. What mm-hmm. can I... um what can I wait to see on the next cycle through my deck? Mm -hmm. Because you might have a choice between two really crucial cards in your hand and you can't play them both that one turn. So what do you do?
0: Mm -hmm. The advantage with Patrice and going back to Arkham is, of course, you don't need to spend those cards to pay for other cards normally. Yes. But you have a similar decision point. Which of these cards am I happy to commit versus which of these cards do I really want to play?
1: You don't have a choice whether to keep them or not in Patrice. They're going at the end of the turn. Mm -hmm. When you draw those five cards, you need to make a good assessment of what do I want to play? What am I going to use my actions for next turn?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If I have an enemy on me and I've drawn an asset, am I going to be able to play that without taking an attack of opportunity? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Certain types of cards instantly become maybe more appealing in here. That's Mm -hmm. things that are fast, so don't take an action to play that are Mm -hmm. high-impact and flexible skill cards. Mm -hmm. So cards she can reasonably commit over the course of a turn. Mm -hmm. And I would say cards that allow her to turn cards in her hand into resources or or benefit one way or another.
0: Mm.
1: So just to pick a really classic example, Cornered is a great card in Patrice because it Mm -hmm. turns any card in your hand into an unexpected courage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: unexpected courage falling into that first bracket of cards which is skill cards that are flexible with a good yes. impact Yeah, and the other thing, so that that's kind of one set you want to build her deck with the idea that these cards need to be used every turn mm. the second is that she's very good at putting things into a discard and yeah. then drawing them back, so cards that interact with the discard pile are Worth taking a good look at in her. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I'll pick a, a classic example just out of the air: the the cycle of improv events. So, wigging it, impromptu barrier and improvised weapon.
0: Yeah,
1: all can be played for bonus effect from her discard. Yet, don't provide great boost in tempo if played from her hand.
0: And don't have icons, so can't yeah. be committed from hand.
1: So the improv events are almost perfect for her because she doesn't need to play them from hand. She doesn't mind if they're discarded. She can play them from her discard for additional effect. They go back in a deck, and she draws like a fiend. So she can easily draw them back into her hand to discard them again, and just keep mm. the cycle going. In yeah. fact, when I've when I played Patrice, I've it <laughs> it's it's like a virtuous circle because the the improv events that you play from your discard more are the ones that go back into your deck, so they're the ones you draw more. So they're the ones you discard more, mm. and then the ones that you can play from your discard more.
0: When we played Patrice and Tommy together, I remember you cycling an impromptu barrier. I was having a pretty torrid time as Tommy, and you were using the impromptu barrier to continually evade enemies that I was struggling to kill. Mm-hmm. And it was really potent to see you could spike your stat because you could commit a lot of cards to it because you were going to get a full hand again. And the impromptu barrier, I must have come back a couple of times, so you used it in a couple of sweet moments to save the day, which was just incredible. Yeah, in any other investigator, there might be ways that you could get those improv events into the discard pile, but Patrice just makes it so straightforward. It's not that other people can't use those, it's just that she can she can do that so much more easily because you almost, well, she can do it almost passively. You can just hold one in your hand for a turn and then it's gone. You don't need to overdraw. You don't need to find an ability that allows you to discard a card. You don't need cornered, although obviously cornered turns them into unexpected courages to get them in your discard pile. But yeah, you just just wait and then they're ready. On the
1: topic of cards uh, like cornered, should we talk about her first signature card here?
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: Uh, Okay, we have Patrice's Violin, My Muse. This is a two-cost asset. It has a willpower, an agility, and a wild icon. And it has the item and instrument traits. Patrice Hathaway deck only. Free trigger. Choose and discard one card from your hand and exhaust Patrice's Violin. Choose an investigator at your location to either gain one resource or draw one card. And it uses a hand slot. Hmm... So this is good in Patrice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In isolation, what would you think of this card if it wasn't in Patrice?
0: I'm quite fond of deck cycling effects. So I would think, oh, okay, yeah, I can discard a card and then draw another card. Or if I'm card rich, I can give someone else draw. I think that's okay. And I think the bonus with the resource instead adds a nice layer of flexibility. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be rushing to include it in lots of other investigators. My feeling about this is this is one of the best signatures in the game, and I'd even go so far as to say you need to really think about Patrice as having a single hand slot because you want this down.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because it's so powerful. <laughs> that that's that's my position with it. So when you said this card is good, I was nodding heavily. It's very good. It's
1: it's really it's interesting that because what you said is that it's very average in isolation. Mm, mm. In Patrice it's one of the best signatures in the game. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's a don't think that's a controversial viewpoint. I'm just saying it's it's fun to consider that this is a card which you really need to consider mm. alongside the investigator who uses it. Complicated a card um assessment criteria in Arkham. Because <laughs> yeah. we have yeah. so many different investigators who interact with the game in so many different ways. Especially yeah. in Survivor that this, this just makes our job harder <laughs> whenever we see a new card.
0: Carrying that sort of counterfactual on, if this could be run in other people, the reason why I would say it's average to good rather than stellar is you're paying two, you're giving up a hand slot, and the rate of exchange is just one to one. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And
0: that's not, you know, if it was choosing to discard a card to draw two, mm-hmm. that starts to feel potent. Where that obviously makes sense in Patrice is discarding cards from her hand doesn't hurt her very much because by the end of the turn she's completely refilled in fact you want to discard cards from her hand to use them to go back to your example of i've i've only got these cards for this round how yeah. do i make the most out of them and once you have the violin down you essentially have another option this any any one card in your hand can be a resource for you yeah or yeah. it can be a card draw for you like ah. I've so got winging it in my hand. Exactly, I need I'll to get in my discard pile. Yeah, yeah. But also, in, as soon as you go into multiplayer, if you're looking at that hand of five cards, going, well, this turn I'm just playing two assets and I'm taking one test. I don't mm-hmm. need these other three cards in my hand. You've suddenly got a way of providing card draw and again using one of the cards in your hand to give draw to anyone in your team or resources to anyone in your team. This. This card is spare for me this turn. I'm not using it here. Yeah. I have a resource.
1: You sort of, because you always want to use the five cards mm-hmm. productively if you can. And this gives you an automatic way to use one card every turn mm-hmm. productively. Yeah. You don't even exactly. have to use it every turn. It, but but knowing that that fourth card, you only have to use four cards in the turn. You know, it's it's good. And like you say, you know, yeah. with, with things that want to be triggered from your discard, so if you're mm-hmm. using the improv events, we keep going back to them. Mm-hmm. If you've got a winging it in your hand and you want to investigate, and there's two clues on the location, you use Patrice's violin to discard the winging it to get the resource you need to play the winging it from your discard,
0: or to draw a card that you then commit to that test because you're worried exactly. about passing it. Yeah, whatever it
1: is. Yeah, yeah totally. So th- th- this, I think this this really fits in. It shows the power of well, the violin and cornered. It shows the value of being able to ditch those cards instantly. Mm. I think one of the, the things I really get... Uh, here's a question for you, Frank. How do you feel when you play Patrice? Like, how do you feel your investigator plays when you're playing Patrice?
0: I've That's a, a re- I've really a big good on question. You. <laughs> yeah, well, so I had an example I wanted to share which oh, yeah. I think I'll, I'll use here. And this might be about a roundabout way of answering the question. So one of the ways to get into thinking about this ability of you get five cards a turn, but only for a turn mm-hmm. is let's draw and make up an example of what those five cards are. So imagine I have a lucky, a look what I found, a take heart, a couple of other cards, some assets, say in my hand. If I'm holding that hand in many other investigators, the way I might start to play is somewhat more aggressively Mm -hmm. because I've got the lucky, so I could go into tests lower than I might otherwise do. I might want to be investigating because I've got, look what I found in hand. And with take heart in hand, I might even be finding tests I don't think I can pass to get more draw, to get more resources. So I'd be looking for those tests and I'd be, that it's quite a reactive hand. It, I'm obviously actively finding places to trigger those abilities, but particularly with Lucky in hand, one of the things I might be doing is essentially pushing my luck and seeing if I can pass tests where I actually don't need to play Lucky and I pass tests I have no rights to pass. Mm-hmm. That, as a hand, I feel strong. I feel I can get stuff done. I'm starting to make progress. But if we take that hand and put it in Patrice, some significant things change. So we've only got three actions to find an investigate test. If we want to get two clues with look what I found. Yeah. Do we want take heart to trigger? We might want resources, but do we, will we have anything to do with the take heart two cards or will it actually give us cards that we can't commit or don't do anything with? Of course, that changes if you're running cornered or if you're looking for a particular thing that might be helpful. And then for lucky, lucky has no icons. Are we able to find a test where it's worth just getting a plus two to pass? Is it that helpful? So some of these cards that I would think of putting me in a powerful position as a survivor, Mm -hmm. I can still use them in Patrice, but the time window shrinks so dramatically. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, how do I feel? It does feel like every turn is its own distinct unit, Mm -hmm. of course, because I've got new cards and it can feel for me really time pressured yeah it's a really a case of of clean slate how can i make a use of these cards right now and i don't need in a way to think long term because the cards will be gone you yeah. have to sort of almost separate what your goals are for the scenario with what your goals are for the turn because you can't take what you have for the turn beyond this turn <laughs> so so yeah like to go back to that example the lucky, maybe I'd hold on to it because I know that there's a big test later on that I want to pass. Or I might think, well, I'm not going to use the lucky just to get a clue. I'm going to hold it in case I need to evade an enemy in a couple of turns time. Mm-hmm. And similarly, what I often find myself doing with Take Heart is not just finding the first test I can fail, but waiting for the Mythos to give me a test I'm definitely going to fail. Yeah. And then at least I'll get cards and resources out of it. I mean, there are obviously exceptions. There are times when I really need a certain card, so I'm throwing Take Heart in. And (laughs) recently, both me and some other people I've played with talk about Take Heart as the way of passing tests because we've had a run of you put Take Heart in and then draw the plus one, or you put Take Heart in and draw the Elder Sign. So you can, there's that sort of jokey side. So have I answered your question? Maybe I've begun to. There's a sense of the kind of urgency of Patrice.
1: I think that what you've said. And luckily, you've sort of backed up the point I was going to try and make, which is that she is there is like an improvisational feel to her, mm-hmm. in that you you have to match, you have to think about how the cards in your hand can be used to do the things that's coming up in the turn. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't necessarily control either of those things too far in advance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you if you have like a load of clues you've got to find and your deck gives you like impromptu barrier, <laughs> yeah, like well I I can't use that. However, I do have a cornered, so now I can burn my impromptu barrier or with cornered, to mm-hmm. help the investigate test kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she feels like she can be very flexible because she can be very free with putting the cards in her hand, burning them, putting them into tests. You know, just treating them as totally disposable so Mm -hmm. she can really go all in on doing what she's doing that turn and that Mm -hmm. really feels like i always keep an eye on that when i'm building her you know make sure i've got plenty of wild icons in the deck
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: wild icons tend to be like sparser on cards because they're so flexible Mm
0: -hmm. but Mm -hmm.
1: patrice kind of makes up for that by the fact that she doesn't care how many cards she puts in in a turn because she Mm -hmm. knows she's getting five more the next turn
0: yeah, I'd add a couple of things to that. This is where the violin also grows in power in Patrice. That mm-hmm. If you have that example you gave where like this is a clue turn and you've drawn a hand of cards that feel more combat or evasion oriented, mm-hmm. you can just replace one and hope to get a fish into something else. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say is a sort of a caveat about cornered. I've played a lot of cornered Patrice. It's really powerful. One criticism I've seen is that it almost simplifies her too much because every card is a plus two yeah so your turn can end (laughs) up sort of play an asset if you've got two cornered down then it's plus four to one test plus four to another test and then the next turn is maybe play an asset or event and then the other two cards the other four cards are plus four to one test plus four to another test and it Takes away some of the wrinkles of oh okay I've got some agility stuff and I've I've got a spectral razor in hand is there an enemy I can kill and you just go well I'll just plus two with this plus two with that so I can see how some people might have played corner Patrice and then want to try something different and yeah I I can sympathise with that for sure yeah of course it changes as well I'd say that's really powerful in solo that changes in multiplayer where maybe you you might want to change role more quickly depending on what's happening she's very responsive in that way I love the word you use that she's improvising I think that's such a it works perfectly for the violinist to be improvising yeah and that idea of yeah I'm doing this now I'm doing that in many ways she's sort of the perfect third player in a three player group absolutely yes yeah I couldn't put it better myself yeah. What do, what do
1: you need me to do? Yeah, all right, guys. What do you need yeah. me to do this turn? Kind of thing. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> Space used to do this joke with. Oh, I can't remember what a, what it was now. But like, every they'd ask Mike to do something, and then he just sit there thinking for a second, and it would play like some kids' TV show. The sound of a machine like ticking over. <laughs> Ding! I've got an idea. <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes with Patrice, sit there, like, just processing all the information. Right, what do we need to do mm-hmm. this turn? Okay. Right, I know what I'm going to do. And yeah. And just start throwing cards into my discard.
0: Mm, it's the... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dump my hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's the epitome of reactive, isn't it? In that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And it's she's sort of sitting back, ready to pounce, ready to do what's needed, ready to respond to, to what's going on which I think is, yeah, incredibly fun. We, uh, we've we shared this story on the cast before, so I won't go into it in detail, but at an event we did, we had a player turn up who hadn't brought a deck mm-hmm. and you lent them the Patrice deck that you'd made and gave them a quick tutorial on Patrice. It was soon after she'd come out and we'd go back and check how, she, how this player was doing in the event and he seemed to just be having an absolute whale of a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, passing cards to other people... I think we'd maybe underestimated how flexible and responsive she was. You'd built a good deck, but Mm -hmm. it was really wonderful to see a new player pick her up and run. I, I suppose it's that weird thing of, is she complicated? She is complicated if you've played lots of Arkham because she significantly changes how you play. If you've not played lots of Arkham, is she actually simpler? All of these cards are just here for a turn. You don't need to think about the long game or... You can't have someone at the table say, like, are you sure you want to commit that now? Do you not want to save it for a harder test? Because that's not going to happen for her. Like, I have to commit it now, or I may as well just discard it, because it's going at the end of the turn. So there's something very freeing there about that. Anyway, we've not talked about her weakness. There must be downsides. And it's my turn to read Watcher from Another Dimension, which has the unique pip, which... Is fascinating and a little bit scary for me. <laughs> there'll be other, other copies of Watcher from Another Dimension, that would be scary. So this is a weakness enemy. Five fight, two health, and five evade. Monster and extra-dimensional traded. It has peril, hidden, and hunter, which is a weird collection <laughs> of keywords on an enemy. Yeah. Revelation, secretly add this enemy to your hand. You may fight or evade this enemy while it is in your hand, as if it were at your location. If you succeed, discard it from your hand. If you fail, spawn it engaged with you. Forced, when your deck runs out of cards, if this enemy is in your hand, it attacks you from your hand.
1: This is, I think this is, it's, it's, I think this is a well designed, it is a confusing weakness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you're doing something very unusual with it, which is you're fighting or evading it while it's in your hand. Mm -hmm. And it's also got, like, health for some reason when you just need to uh, hit it. Pass the difficulty five test. It's well designed to tackle, I guess, Patrice's weak spots. Mm
0: -hmm. She
1: probably needs some tools to get up that high with with either her punch or her agility stat. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you draw it, you quickly realise how difficult it is running Patrice with one fewer card. You really miss that extra card as well. Yep. I remember the first time I played Patrice, it was in, there was a bunch of hidden weaknesses in the campaign as well. <laughs> yeah. And when they started... If it stacking, was in Dream Eaters, right? Yeah. yeah, it was in Dream Eaters on the dreaming side. I yes. Think. Yeah. Oh,
0: my word. Yeah, if that... I'm shaking my head. I did that solo. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) You grind completely to a halt. Because there's another FAQ question. Can Patrice's ability cause her to discard hidden encounter cards from her hand? Answer, no. Hidden cards cannot be discarded from hand by any means, except for those described on the card. So in the case of the Watcher from Another Dimension, the only way you can discard it from hand is taking a fight or evade action against it and passing. You can get it out of your hand by failing because it spawns engaged with you, but mm-hmm. just to get rid of it as a hidden card in your hand, you're going to have to pass that test. Which yes. is Or take that test.
1: Of all the people, of all the investigators, rather, you know, if you want to be piling a bunch of cards into a test to succeed it, Patrice can do that. Mm-hmm. But it sort of nerfs your ability to do anything for that turn.
0: You've drawn the watcher and four other cards. Yeah, you've maybe your... you've got a way of spiking your combat or your agility, maybe, and you can do that and say a couple of cards. But even with two cornered down, if that's what you're doing, committing two cards to the test takes you up to six. Yeah. So if you're really keen not to then have it engaged with you, you're you're probably wanting to commit more cards. So yeah, it's it's sort of it it taxes you in two ways because it taxes you a card in hand which gives you less flexibility that turn, fewer options. But then it also taxes you other cards from your hand to try and get rid of it, which is really nasty. There's definitely a way to play with this, that as soon as you see it, you take that test and you don't worry about passing, you just spawn it engaged with you because then other investigators could deal with it. And say you're playing in a party where there is a fighter who really sees that as trivial... They could just uh, shoot it, chop it up, whatever it is, pretty easily. The other thing to add as well is there's no retaliator alert, so the only punishment for failing, you don't take three damage. You just you just bring it into play.
1: And Patrice does have a reasonable health pool as well. She's got seven health, so Mm -hmm. I mean, three damage not nice for anyone to take, but she can take. I mean, she could take two hits from it without without dying. She 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 could, yeah run through your deck twice with it in your hand, not doing anything about it.
0: Yeah. Worst case situation I've seen with this is that I've drawn it and not been... looked at my hand and thought, I can't deal with this now. Maybe a couple of turns have passed, so it's texted me a couple of cards over successive turns because it's sat in my hand. And then I've decided I can deal with it. I've got a moment in the scenario. I take the test and put a couple of cards into it and fail. Hmm. And then it's sitting engaged with me and I need to find another way to deal with it. Do I have a two-damage solution, or am I just evading? Maybe I've only got one card left in hand, yeah. and it's that point my head is in my hands now as I'm recording. that's It's starting to really tax you. And again, I'm describing this in solo, so there's no one to lean on. You can't get it taken off you. Maybe I've gambled and done it last action, which is obviously very bad play, so then it's definitely hitting me in the enemy phase. Yeah. And, yeah,
1: it's... I- it's I will me. say if if we jump back to the front of Patricia's card, this is something I was mm-hmm. meaning to come back to. Her mm. elder sign ability mm. is stands out in that it's almost always useful. Yeah, lots of our investigators have uh, kind of a bonus to their core ability on their elder sign, mm. and, and it's wasted if you're not if you're not doing whatever it is it relates to, like the classic Zoe plus one damage. Yeah, does nothing if she's not fighting. Yeah, um, you know Trish is got an investigate on there, right? If it's, if you draw it while you're investigating,
0: mm-hmm.
1: with Patrice, this is just straight up good. I don't think you're. Well, there might be times where you're you don't want to do it because you've got useful cards in your discard, you haven't cycled back out of your discard. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, taking the free shuffle back in feels pretty. Pretty good because you get a second crack at all of those lovely juicy multiple wild icon cards that are in your bin. I think initially I actually ran Patrice using Quantum Flux to get to shuffle my cards back to in. Add when I another
0: to. shuffle back. Yeah,
1: but generally speaking, I hit an Elder Sign effect at some mm. point going through my deck. I also had e- e- Catastrophe in there as well, which works as a pseudo, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, pseudo shuffle at some point as well. So, so like. It says when your deck runs out of cards. I found in Patrice, often my deck didn't run out of cards because I had a, a trick or two to refill my deck before it did. Yeah. Not that I think it's great to leave the Watcher sitting there in your deck. does need to be dealt. With. I mean, the other thing, of course, with Patrice is she draws a whole deck and it turns, so you, you're going to have to have a way to deal with this. Yeah.
0: It helps with the Watcher actually in two ways, this Elder Sign. Mm-hmm. If you've dealt with the Watcher, you can choose to leave that as the only card in your discard pile. Yes, you might miss out on improvised events, but you refill your deck. Say say you've seen the Watcher halfway through your deck. You're getting to then do a whole run through your deck another eight turns where the Watcher is the only card in your discard pile. You're not going to have that awkward moment. Or the alternative is if you say, done a couple of turns and not seen the Watcher yet, mm-hmm. it just thickens your deck back up, reducing the odds of seeing the Watcher. Which is nice as well. Maybe you've not you you're ready to deal with the watcher, but you're just like right. I'm going to leave winging it in my discard pile. Everything else goes back in. I get a chance to play some of those powerful events again if you're running events, and yeah, you feel good. I I agree. I think it's a a really good elder sign effect. Yeah, hundred percent. We mentioned cornered. Other cards that you might lean into, I actually just mentioned events there well. We've been talking about the improvised events. Another set of events she might be interested in are the Dream Eater's spell events that combine her willpower with other stats Mm -hmm. as a way of being able to do something impactful as one of your actions. And the other option here is Mind's Eye, which is worth touching on.
1: Yeah, I was considering this because I'm I'm building a Patrice deck for my next game. playing a a standalone, and I was thinking about trying Mind's Eye, Patrice, because it's not something I've done yet. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: What what do you think the benefits of Mind's Eye are? Just that she's got four willpower (laughs) and two everything else. Yeah,
0: (laughs) not just that she's got four willpower. So part of the challenge of Mind's Eye is you have this ability to stop using other stats and start using willpower, but you want to see all the copies of Mind's Eye, and it's a myriad card, to charge Mind's Eye up. Mm Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you have to be a bit selective. And Patrice has a way of drawing cards incredibly aggressively. Yeah. So you can see the first mind's eye quickly, but then you can also keep refilling mind's eye with the other two copies. Yeah. Again, it gives you another option for things to do with cards in hand. The mind's eye comes into hand. Maybe you're, you're low on charges on your mind's eye. Boop, now you've got another couple of charges. So you yeah. can keep mind's eye going essentially infinitely as long as you can see the other two copies. The other thing is because she has mystic access, she has ways of boosting her willpower even higher. Yeah. So you could be running a Holy Rosary or a Crystal Pendulum, but you could also be running an ally that's going to boost your willpower. So, for instance, David Renfield. Renfield, Renfield, yeah. The other one I really like is Granny Horn.
1: Yeah, Granny Horn's an interesting one. You can do some tricks. So you can burn your last card with the violin... No, you mm-hmm. can... Hang on. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs>
0: thinking, actually, of Madame Lebranche. Sorry,
1: I'm thinking of Madame Lebranche. Granny Horn, plus one skill, isn't it? If you if you were going to fail.
0: Yeah, and the level three version gives you willpower and intellect boosts. Yeah, yeah. So two static boosts and can give you plus one skill that lets you succeed. <laughs> yes. the, the level zero one is just plus one skill, but you still fail. So, yeah, she can tip you over, which is nice. I, I've I've played that in Patrice and thought that was a nice fit. Just and, and she can do that for anyone as well.
1: There's also, I mean, Pete Sylvester as well, right?
0: Yeah. Granny Orn is when an investigator at your location would fail a skill test, exhaust her. So you can pass that out to other people. You mentioned as well Pete Sylvester.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just a, a classic good double stat ally,
0: right? Yeah, totally. I, I think it's a bit of a toss up. It depends what you fancy. I like that Granny Orn is in there, so she gives you a way of maybe passing tests that... Well, basically what she gives you, we can explain this better. One of the reasons you might not want to run lucky in Patrice is that you only get it for a turn. Yes. So you're trying to then hit that, I'm going to take a test that I might fail by two or fewer and then pass. Granny Orn gives you the mini lucky for the rest of the game. So it's one way of taking an ability that is printed on a transient card in Patrice and getting it in play steadily. So you've then got that ability to say, oh, I'll commit one fewer card to this next test because I've got Granny Orn. Or particularly with Mind's Eye, you're going then to a five or six willpower and maybe you're not committing any cards because you've got Granny waiting. And that that can be really handy.
1: Just something you touched on very briefly as well. Th- the slightly awkward thing is the Mystic 2 access, which is a mm. shame because a lot of the Mystic spell assets tie their willpower boosts to the higher levels.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, for instance, Rite of Seeking, level 2, gives you yep. plus 2 willpower. and mm. does...
0: Mists level 2 as well. Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: There, there, there's some like that, and, and they're nice yeah. ones for her to pick up, I think, if you're going with a, a more traditional spell asset suite.
0: The other option here is, of course, there's the new Edge of the Earth, multi-class spells, and they're level 1 and level 4. And the level 1s give you that plus 1 bonus. So there's an option there, maybe Brand of Cthulhu or Divination if you want to do that. That's a nice addition, I think, to that breakpoint, Mystic 2, 3. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you can look at Patrice, see the four willpower, go, well, right, I'm definitely going to make this a mystic Patrice and then find yourself a little bit stuck because you miss out on the, the baked in willpower boosts of some of the more powerful spells. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other card I wanted to highlight because it's a card like cornered that Patrice breathed completely, completely new life into, which is last chance. Yeah. I love that card in Patrice. Absolutely. Why, why wouldn't you? So last chance came out in the forgotten age it's it's a skill card with five wild icons on it. Mm. You know, call back to you, Peter, mentioning that wild icons are really good in Patrice because they give you a lot of flexibility. Yeah. It can only be committed to a skill test with no other cards committed to it, and other cards can't be committed to that skill test, and it loses a wild icon for each card in your hand. Yeah, yeah. So when Patrice draws her hand of five, if she commits this immediately, she has four other cards in hand. It's only one wild icon. But if you commit this to the last action of the turn, you might have got rid of three, maybe even four other cards, and this is a plus five. It's, for me, another way that she can spike quite high on tests unexpectedly, and I just think it's super fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, totally agree. Totally agree.
0: We mentioned the idea of her feeling a bit action-strapped, Yes. Is that something that you can relate to? Is that just my own thing? I feel like with her, because you get this fresh hand every turn, you really want to make use of it. And particularly if you're running lots of assets, it can it can kind of eat up the time just playing them. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, to an extent. I think... You're in a weird situation sometimes. Like she she either, if you end your turn with cards left in your hand, you're like, I could do with an extra action. But sometimes you've had a tough mythos phase and then a tough couple of actions and you have two actions to spend and you don't have any cards left. (laughs) And you think, well, how do I pass any tests? Yeah. There's a bit of like feast or famine in it to an extent.
0: Yeah. You don't use those down actions to just draw up a couple of cards. As you might in another investigator, because they just get lost. So, yeah, you're stuck at that point. Yeah. I find that she can be quite resource intensive as well if you're not careful. And what I've enjoyed doing then is trying to run a really quite low cost deck with her to, you know, get a few resources out of the violin, maybe use Fire Axe to boost my combat if I want to do that. But, yeah, that's something I sometimes find I'm just taking a resource because I need I need more resources. I knew what else I wanted to ask you. What about, with her Mystic Access and some of her Survivor Access, cancellation in Patrice? How do you feel about running Ward of Protection or deny existence in Patrice?
1: It's a tough one. Like, Ward of Protection is... Especially Ward of Protection level one is, like... Because you can't target it. I think Ward is always good, typically. Especially if you've got some ways to soak up the horror. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's got a wild icon on it. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's still just plus one to a test for Patrice. Mm. But Ward feels like a card you hold on to 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 cancel a high-impact treachery card. I think, weirdly, a card which fits better is... What's it called? Stargazing? Hmm. Is is Stargazing the one in your deck and the Star's are right storm that goes to the encounter deck? That's right, yeah. In Patrice, it sort of has the same effect. Okay? So in Patrice, you you can stop one of your encounter cards once without any knowledge of what that encounter card's going to (laughs) be. And you take a Horror, and you pay one. Stargazing, you play for zero, you don't take any horror, and then it does the same thing in that you draw, still draw an encounter card, but you're to get a card and a resource. And an action. So it sort of has an equivalent effect, but it's a lot better. I mean, it does cost an XP, so it's not it's not without cost. And, unless I'm mistaken, Stargazing also has a wild icon.
0: It does, yeah. And it's also maxed twice per game. So once you've played Stargazing twice... You're just committing any remaining copies for the while. Yeah, oh, very true. So that's not too bad.
1: Ah, Man, it's it's a bit like the Lucky quandary. I think Lucky still works as a one-turn, like, unexpected courage, Mm -hmm. uh, except it costs. So, yes, I think it's still a good card in Patrice, but any card which you want to hold on to for the right time to use it feels like it has less value in her
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah (laughs) if you have the mindset i'm going to hold on to this card for when it's going to be good that's the part of the arkham players mindset that you need to set to one side when you play patrice yeah it's how can i make this good right now yeah and that that change up is nice that's Strikingly, that's why the improv events are so strong in Patrice, because you put them in the discard pile and you actually have them on tap later. So they, they get around that urgency of now thing. And it's also why some of the more reactive cards, like a lucky or a water protection, go down somewhat in potency in Patrice, simply because you get one chance to use them or three actions to use them. Yeah. Well, we've given this a good stab, I think. Is there anything you'd like to add at this point?
1: I don't think so. I'm happy. I I, I love playing Patrice, and I'm now looking forward to playing her again this week. Um, <laughs> good, good. So I'm going to go exactly s- straight this ep- after this episode. I'm going to and try and make a mind's eye Patrice deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Good idea. Really good idea. If you do run the spell event suite, you can then start combining willpower with willpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also tasty, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can do that. Uh, Patrice is one of those investigators where there's lots of, because you can guarantee drawing cards and because she's got this unique way of playing, there's lots of interactions there. Like, we haven't even touched on, like, Moonstone, for instance.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's another willpower boost, straight up. So
1: there's lots of, lots of cards which, you know, you can slot in there and they have like weird and wonderful effects. So we could well have missed your, your favorite interaction. But I think Mm -hmm. like part of this is exploring it in yourself. I definitely think it's worth, if you haven't played Patrice more than other investigators, it's worth picking her up and giving her a shot because Mm -hmm. she really instills in you that skill of deciding when you play a card and when you commit a card to a test she really instills that the, the the cards in your hand are temporary and are there to be used to help you win the game, not to build some kind of unstoppable engine.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's something about that practice of the turn begins, the round begins rather, what are our priorities this round? What do we need to do? And then taking that and going, how can I contribute to that right now with this hand? Yeah, That I yeah. think is really good. It's a good practice to get into. I really do want to do a think on your feet with Patrice but I think it would be really challenging to essentially every turn describe five new cards to the listener yeah even if I'm just saying the names I think it's a lot to hold in one's head yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah. I've 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 kind of pulled back from it maybe something to do on a stream where people can see what's in hand each turn and join in with the problem solving because that element of it is really fun so yeah something to watch for watch this space if I choose to do that down the line I'm glad you're excited to play her. She's always good fun. Yes. When you mention Moonstone, there is, we've seen at least one improvised card coming up in the Scarlet Keys. Mm-hmm. And of course, if improvised cards all have abilities that care about the discard pile, it's definitely mm-hmm. always worth looking at Patrice and saying, does that work? And yeah, yeah. I, get, I suppose when I was asking about, did you feel that she was action taxed? one of the fascinating things for her as well is around a recursion because recurring things to hand you then have to use it immediately because it then goes so yeah. she changes the value of recursion in a way that's really fascinating yeah yeah so we hope you've enjoyed this episode you can get in touch with us we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com we're drawn to the flame on facebook on twitter on design by humans if you want any drawn to the flame merchandise And on Patreon, if you want to support the cast and become a patron, thanks to all our patrons for their support and for making our patron-only Discord such a wonderful place to talk about the game. Peter, how can people get in touch with you?
1: I am United Everywhere. I am That That is UNITLED. I'm on Twitter and Discord and Reddit and Steam and a bunch of other places. So yeah, please say hello. How about you, Frank?
0: I'm um, FB on Twitter, that's EPH underscore B-E-E, and then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. Do say hello as well, and thank you very much for listening.
1: Thank you. But that said, there are some you can sneak in, like um, right, a Shriveling Level 2, for instance.
0: Right of seeking. Right
1: of. God, can I
0: say that again? (laughs) Right of shrivelling. Amazing.